0: Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and welcome to the 5AM Miracle Podcast, episode number 461, the fastest and most direct path to success. Good morning, and welcome to the 5AM Miracle. I am Jeff Sanders, and this, this is the podcast that is dedicated to dominating your day before you even have breakfast. That's right. My goal here on this show, yes, it's to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm. We also go further. I want to help you create powerful, lifelong habits. And of course, tackle those enormous, grand, beautiful goals with a ton of wonderful energy. Now, in the episode this week, I'm going to break down a few things. The first, how to get what you want as quickly as possible. Second, how to avoid the distractions that could prevent you from making progress along the way, and finally, how to avoid the traps of perfectionism and fear that could kill your dreams before you even begin. Let's dig in. So let's go back about 10 years or so, when I began to train for road race marathons. I would run and train... On the roads. When I then shifted to trail races, I began to run and train on the trails. If we shift over to podcasting, when I wanted to improve my skills in podcasting, I recorded and published more podcast episodes. In a similar vein, when I wanted to learn some new software, I bought a course on how to use that specific pro software. Now, all of this may sound pretty obvious or even ridiculous of how simple and direct this is. However, this is not as common as you may imagine. What I just described here, between how I trained for marathons or how I improve my skills and various work elements, all of this, in the world of sports actually, is known as specific training. Specific training includes movements that are specific to a sport that can only be learned through repetition of those movements. And we can apply this sport analogy to all kinds of areas of life, but what specific training allows us to do is to find a direct path to what it is that we're trying to achieve. It is essentially training for race day by running race day conditions as often as you possibly can. So another example here from the world of marathon running, let's use the Boston Marathon as a good example, which is probably the most well-known race in the world. If you were going to actually run the Boston Marathon, you qualified for it, and you wanted to train effectively for that race, you could actually train by running the exact course in Boston that the Boston Marathon covers. You could fly to Boston, run the race there on a non-race day by yourself to figure out the race conditions. What do the roads look like? What does it feel like to be in the city? Like really trying to emulate that experience. Another example. Let's imagine you're going to speak at a conference. You could travel ahead of time to that hotel, to that conference venue, and actually get on the stage that you plan to speak at, or at least go to the room where that speech may be held. To get a sense of what will it be like on that day? How will you feel? What would the energy be like in the room? You're trying to emulate the actual experience. Now, the goal here is to train By doing the exact same thing you plan to do the day of the race, performance, the events, the successful venture. In my experience, this is one of the fastest ways to fully understand what it will take to excel in the thing you're trying to excel at. Now, there is an alternative theory here that this is not actually the best way to produce the results you want, but it is the fastest. I say not the best because there's an entire world of cross-training. I use the world of sports here as a good analogy cross training essentially is trying to become the best you possibly can in a well-rounded way so you could bring a full amount of experience to the thing you're trying to do. The most efficient path is not often the best, but it is the fastest. It is the most direct, and it does check the box as far as you saying, I got this thing done. So for the sake of the episode this week, we're talking about efficiency and speed and quickness. If you want to go the full Monty and be the perfectionist and be fully well-rounded and achieve the absolute best A-plus results, that's for another conversation. Believe me, I'm there. That's how I am all the time. That's what I want for everything that I do. But for the sake of this conversation, we're really talking about getting to the heart of the matter, achieving the thing we want. We need speed sometimes because there are many examples, which we'll get to, of times in your life where you have something you want to achieve, but you're not doing it. You have a goal, but for some reason, you're just postponing it. There's procrastination at hand. There are delay tactics at hand. You are finding ways or excuses or whatever the case may be to simply not do the thing you're supposed to be doing or the thing you said you would do even to yourself. And if we're talking about overcoming perfectionism and fear, We're really talking about figuring out a way for you to start doing the thing you said you would do to get to the results even more efficiently. Now, that's one angle. You may not struggle with that exact issue, but you may struggle with the idea of distraction or trying to figure out how do I get from point A to point B more efficiently because I just feel like I'm struggling through these steps. There's distraction everywhere. There are hiccups. There are obstacles, and I just want to get this thing done. (laughs) What's going on? We're going to discuss all of that. And for the sake of brevity and for the sake of this actual episode, I'm going to try not to talk for six hours on a topic about getting things done faster. So let's get to this. This is the fastest and most direct path to success, and I have seven steps for us. Let's begin with number one. Number one is make a decision. You want to identify where you are and where you are going. This is likely the most complicated part of the process. That sounds easy, but oftentimes we don't actually have a specific and well-defined outcome at hand. When you define success for you and the project you're trying to accomplish, it provides intense levels of clarity, right? Our goal here at at the outset is to be very crystal clear on where we're headed. The more clear you are on this process to make a clear decision on where you're headed, everything else will be easier. Because everything else can then be specific to get to that specific end goal. As a good counter example, if your goal is to become healthy, well that's not specific at all. It's extremely vague. But if your goal is to run the 26.2 Boston Marathon, right and at full marathon length, you know the date, you know the year, the time, you know what it takes to qualify for it, you've done the research on this, you know the process, you know the day of the event. Any goal that has a deadline that's that clear, like a specific day and time, that's going to be enormously helpful for this particular element. Making a decision oftentimes requires deadlines. Now, if your project does not have something that's that clear, then your goal is going to be to make one up because you're going to need some kind of a boundary to hold you accountable as the process moves forward. And time-bound decision-making is going to be very, very helpful here. The other element, of course, is defining the outcome that you want, which if it's not something like a marathon that's crystal clear, well, then you're going to have to also become that clear on what this project is, what it looks like, and how crossing the finish line will actually look for you. So when that day shows up, you know you finished. You're very aware that this was the goal the whole time. I say that because it's so common to move the goalposts. It's so common to redefine the project along the way. And I'm not saying that that's bad. That can actually be a pretty good thing. Oftentimes, we need to redefine success as a project evolves. That's part of the process. Evolution and change is part of it. But at every step in the process, with each pivot and each evolution and each change that we're actually seeing take place, we have to then redefine what is the outcome now? Where are we going? When will it be done? What does success look like with these new parameters? So that's number one. Get really clear on what it is you want so we know what the finish line looks like. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babel's 14 award winning language courses are backed by their 20 day money back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Step number two, make a detailed plan of action. Once you know the clear outcome, well, then we can reverse engineer and backtrack and make a clear map from A to Z, the entire process, where you are now, all the major milestones and big objectives to be met to get to the end result. I tend to use a project manager to literally write out all of these steps in. Uh, years ago, that was Evernote. I've episode this podcast where I talk all about why I hate Evernote now, but I've moved on to a new software tool, which is called DevonThink, that I use on my Mac. And the fun part here is is that the actual project manager that you choose to use doesn't matter. You just need one that you like, that you understand, and that allows you to be as flexible as possible to evolve your projects for whatever that entails. Right? If it's a team-based project, you have good collaborative uh, tools built in. Or if it's just a solo project, you have a great tool for yourself to be able to outline what it is you're going to be doing. Either way, you're going to need a great project manager that works for you and your customized goal. And then once you have that project manager, you can then break down all the steps. Just write it all out. Do a brain dump and say, here are all the major steps involved and then begin to rearrange them, rename them, reorder them, and make it into a project that looks like something you could do. The goal of this step, beyond just making a plan of action, is to build your confidence, to say, wait a minute, I have a vision now for what this looks like. I can see myself doing these steps, and I know what it would take. Now, along this path, if you're using this lens of fastest and most direct path to a finish line, This detailed plan of action will have to be rethought through to ensure that you're not doing anything that's a tangent, that you're not doing anything that's going to waste your time potentially. So let's go to step three now in this process, which is to then make a list of what you will ignore. This is huge. The number one problem you're probably going to have once you've begun a project is simply having a ton of ideas on ways to improve it, ways to make it better, ways to increase the quality of what you're working on, you know, take it to that A-plus level. But if our goal here is speed, an A-plus is a massive distraction. I've seen this so many times in my own projects all the time. I redefine things, move the goalposts, raise the bar. I'm doing all of that as the project evolves, but that's, it's a waste of time. Oftentimes, if we can set the bar at where it needs to be, we can hit that instead. So destroy your distractions. Right? Our tendency is to distract ourselves because oftentimes we are vulnerable to new and shiny things. In that process, though, we squander our own potential. You may do so for a variety of reasons. Uh, one possibility is you're actually afraid of success. You're afraid of doing the, the right thing. Or you're deathly afraid of failure, and so you don't want to make forward progress because you're afraid that if you push forward, it will prove you right that this thing won't work. But both of these fears, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of other things that may pop up, all of those are simple distractions that stop you from making the tangible forward-moving progress that actually gets the goal done. All these things just waste your time. You may also in this process simply believe that success in this arena is made for someone else. So you don't even try because you don't believe it's for you. All of these possible fears simply hold us back from beginning. They hold us back from moving forward. They hold us back in many different ways. So if you can destroy the fears, destroy the distractions. Simply make a list of things you will ignore or things you will acknowledge when they happen and say, nope, not for me. Let it go. Now, a simple way to build a framework around how to actually ignore these things. uh, The first would be when things pop up or when you see your calendar, your task list as it stands today, you might say, wait a minute, I could delete or eliminate things right here and now that I know are distractions, things that I know don't belong, things that might actually delay my progress. This is the first and best step to ignore things is never do them. Never do these things. Right, this part here is huge. If you want speed, if you want efficiency, you have to stop doing a lot of stuff. 95% of what's happening now might just disappear. And that little 5% that remains, that's where all your energy flows. So once you've deleted things, you could then take what remains and say, well, this other list of items need to happen, but I can postpone them. So you do. You schedule those things for later. Then you may have a few things left that are ongoing tasks or projects that need to also happen because life continues. And so then your goal is to automate whatever you possibly can to minimize the impact that those tasks may have on your time, your energy, your money, your resources, your team. Automation will save you a lot here. And then, of course, if it applies, you can tell other people involved in your day-to-day life that you're going to be unavailable while you focus exclusively on this next important project that you're trying to get done rapid fire. So the whole point of this step three ignoring process is focus. The whole point of this is to make sure the thing you said you would do is the thing you spend your time on and everything else has to go To the best of your ability. Now, this is a lot of subjective decision making here. You have to make a lot of choices every single day about what to recommit to for the actions you're doing and what to recommit to ignoring because these things are constant. We're gonna be pinged with distractions and opportunities and requests for our time. And this is where life gets really tricky, and your, your so skills and focus will really come into You know where because you're The going, more clear you have are a detailed on what plan of action you to actually do this, the thing, thing, is to say and no to a clear else list of what to ignore along the way. At this point, you're ready to begin, right? There's nothing left to do besides to start. Step four is start. Do something. Pick the easiest first step you could possibly imagine and just do something. This is so important. If you let the fear of failure or the fear of success or the fear of whatever stop you from starting, the project is doomed. If speed is important here, then taking action quickly is also very important. So building momentum is extremely valuable, and you do that by starting very small and then scaling step by step, piece by piece, as fast as you possibly can. And the more little things you do in the beginning, the more that escalates the process to doing bigger things even faster, and then the big chunks get done. Starting is oftentimes a very difficult challenge for a lot of people when you're taking on ambitious goals and those fears kick in. That's all this is. If you overcome that fear and you start, you've achieved something very significant. So then if we assume you've actually started, the question might be, well, what do I do On a daily basis, because projects are not just one-off tasks. Oftentimes, they are repeated actions. If we go back to that definition of specific training, repetition is the core of what that's talking about. So our goal is to have incredible daily habits that move us forward in a rhythmic manner, a predictable manner. And yes, the better you are at habits, the faster this entire process moves forward. When you get really good, really efficient, really quick at getting to the next task, doing it every single day without thinking, then the progress just happens without you putting a lot of effort into this. And the more you can reduce your effort, once again, the faster it all gets done. So our goal on step five is to focus on daily habits, to find repeated actions to do every single day or multiple times a week. You know, on this podcast, many times I have defined success in the way that the late Earl Nightingale defined success. Earl Nightingale was a very famous personal development guy who did a lot of great work decades ago. And one of the things that he did was to define success in a way that I think fits most of us most of the time. The way he defined it was that success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal or a worthy goal. And so the core there, the real essence of it is the progressive realization, progressive meaning we are continually making progress and habits are the core of what that is. So if you can make progress, let's say at least five days a week on your goal, a few days off, that's fine, but we need to be making progress most days of the week to build that momentum, to keep it fresh, to keep us moving forward. That's going to allow success to happen for you, progressively realizing what it is that you're after by making progress literally most days of the week. This thing will happen, and it will happen faster than you can imagine. So focus on those daily habits, defining what it is you do on a daily basis that will help this project make forward movement faster than it would if habits were not a focus for you. Step six, let's take focus one step further. And one of your daily habits might actually be a focused block of time. If you know this podcast well, you know that I love my F bots. My focus blocks of time are the core of what I do to get my biggest goals done. So for me, a focus block of time, as an example, I'm in one right now doing this episode of this podcast, but I also schedule these throughout the workday on every single day I possibly can. Which simply means I block distractions, I choose one specific task, and I work on it until it's done. And then I go on to the next one, once again a focused manner. The more that you can craft a very specific and focused block of time, the more amazed you're going to be at the quality and quantity of work achieved. It is extraordinary when focus is achieved. This I cannot state with more clarity. Focus matters. It's everything. Focus defines the project. Focus defines the task. Focus defines whether you're distracted or not. Focus defines your ultimate end result, both in quality and in quantity. Focus is the thing. If you haven't started a project, if you have fears about a project, if you have challenges or obstacles about anything, if you focus on the thing that's bothering you and you solve the problem directly with clarity, with efficiency, You can then repeat that same process over and over again and improve your focus skills. Focus skills are a real thing, and they really matter. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. And finally, step number seven is to seek out shortcuts to get to good enough. This is something I wish I was taught at a younger age. (laughs) This is something that I am desperate for even in my life today. The phrase good enough to me is the same thing as saying failure. That's how I've defined it because I'm not only a high achiever. I am a definite perfectionist to a fault. I am a struggling perfectionist because I want everything to be the best it possibly can be. So the idea of something being good enough just simply says I didn't push hard enough. I didn't do my job well enough. I settled for something less than ideal. But here's the thing. The people that settle for good enough, those are the ones getting things done. The ones who settle for good enough are the ones actually checking boxes and moving things forward. It's the people who struggle with that phrase, those who who test it, who question it, who wind up doing a bunch of extra nonsense, that's not effective. It's actually a ginormous waste of time. Once again, if your goal here is speed, if it's efficiency, if it's saying, I have this goal, I need it done, good enough is your best friend. Good enough is the absolute quintessential best thing to wrap yourself around and stick to that mantra every day. You're looking for shortcuts on purpose. We're trying to find things to cut, trying to find things to not do. The less you do, the faster this thing gets done. That's it. And if the quality bar drops just a bit, you can also get each task done faster that you've said yes to. This is hard for me to even talk about. Like I Even saying these words out loud makes me cringe because I just have this built-in desire to do my very best and the things that I do. And so to me, good enough has always meant not giving my best. But that's the wrong definition. Like this is... This is an important message here. We need to fully embrace good enough if our goal is achievement. If our goal is to finish things, if our goal is to get to a finish line, that has to exist. And then, of course, yes, later on, we can evolve. We can raise the bar. We can improve. Our next project could be to raise the quality bar. And that's great if that's the next most important project to work on. Let me give a good example here. I just finished a project here in my podcast studio uh, that I called my studio phase seven upgrade, right? I've had literally over the course of COVID many different phases uh, to improve the quality of the audio, the equipment that I use, my software that I use. I've spent a lot of time and energy trying to improve this show and all the audio that I produce. Well, my struggle with perfectionism has come out bright and clear in the sense that I am constantly trying to find the best solution to everything. Now, if you fast forward 10 years from now, it's quite possible that my focus on perfectionism will actually achieve the audio quality that I'm looking for. I may actually get there. There may be a finish line for that. The problem is, on a practical level, Those objectives of mine don't actually align to the end result I'm looking for, right? I'm not trying to win a Grammy for best podcast audio production, right? That's not where I'm headed. And so this is an important point. If you assign something to yourself to say, I'm going to work on this project, or if your boss assigns you a task, or if you are involved in something where you realize what we're seeking here, the goal we have defined is actually the wrong goal itself the goal we have decided upon falls into the category of us trying to be perfect or you trying to check a box that no one's asking you to check. Now, in part, what I'm talking about here is a speech to myself because I tend to fall into this trap. And what this trap is, is letting yourself do things that sound good but are not actually the objective you're trying to meet. Let me back up one step higher. Let's look at your life in a bigger picture stance or the work that you do, your craft, your career of choice. You are in an industry, and you want to excel. You are a person trying to improve your health, and you want to be as healthy as possible, right? The quality bar is still there, but we have to look at what are those factors that make the biggest difference. A good filter here is the book, The One Thing where they break down that question of what's the one thing I could do such that by doing it, everything else is easier or unnecessary. That question is basically saying, let's say you have 10 goals. Well, one of those goals is the most important and the other nine are not. By definition, you can only have one number one goal. If you have more than one, you are falling into this trap of trying to do too much or trying to check every box And your quality bar is probably too high. Your filter is probably off. And so if we renegotiate and redefine success and redefine what good enough means and what perfectionism means and what the actual long-term goal here is, well, then all of a sudden, the number one thing to achieve is clear. And the rest of the stuff is noise. Our job is to define number one. What are we trying to achieve? We have ultimate clarity on that and to go through these steps to clearly define how to get to that goal quickly, efficiently, and with a quality bar that meets the mark. So I hope this makes sense because in large part I am talking to myself here, but I think this is important. Not only in the world of getting things done more efficiently, but also in the world of fighting perfectionism and fear, and also from the perspective of prioritization, how to define what the number one objective actually is, and then getting to that objective with more efficiency, with more clarity, so that the end result we're trying to achieve is achieved and we've not distracted ourselves by focusing on things we just want to do as opposed to things we really should be doing to get the thing we're actually after. Okay, I think that makes sense. I think it does. All right, now to review these steps. Number one, make a clear decision on where it is you're going and what it is you're out to achieve. Number two, Make a plan of action on how to get from A to Z with the biggest milestones listed out. Number three, then make a list of what to ignore along the way so you know not just what you're doing but also what you're not doing. Number four, start. Do the thing. Begin with an easy step and begin. Number five, focus on those daily habits to make sure you get the compound effect over time of those little choices that add up to big results. Number six, you then schedule focus blocks of time as often as you can to make sure that focus is the thing you're focusing on as often as you can focus. (laughs) Number seven, seek out shortcuts, redefine what good enough is and make sure that's your bar because speed is what matters here and fight perfectionism, fight the fears, get past them by directly tackling them. That's the message. That's the speed. That's the answer. And for the action step this week, make a choice. Choose now what you want. Once you know what you're after, everything else will be so much easier. So get clear and specific today. The more you know exactly what you're after, the faster you will get to exactly what you're after jeffsanders.com slash 461 is the place to go with episode notes. And of course, subscribe to this podcast in the app you're using right now, or go to jeffsanders.com slash subscribe. That's all I've got for you here on the 5am Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life, and the fun begins bright and early.